from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. I hope you're all having a great morning. hope you enjoyed your weekend this weekend. I can't believe that it's so crazy to me that yesterday felt like two days to me, and it was probably because I woke up. At some point, <laughs> at like 8 o'clock, 8.50 yesterday morning, and didn't go to bed until 4 o'clock this morning. So, it does feel like two days, and, and that would make sense of why it would feel like it's it's been a couple days instead of one day. So, my Sunday was a very long Sunday, and uh, hopefully your Sunday was good too. I have, uh, I've unfortunately been under the weather the last couple weeks here. I hope that if you have been, you're feeling better. If you're just starting to go through it, I hope you have a speedy recovery and don't feel it that much and get through it because I in uh, no way, shape, or form would want you to uh, to not feel good this morning. And I, I obviously know what it feels like to, to not feel that great as I have been through that uh, this past couple weeks here. So I want nothing more but, but for you to feel better and, and for myself to feel better as well as I'm kind of, you know, sitting here and, and just hoping that I can uh, I could feel better. But my voice has been coming back, and and that's good. So my voice is, is finally finding its way back to me, which is a good thing. Uh, not easy to lose your voice and be a broadcaster and then be like, oh, cool, that's fine. <laughs> so... So hopefully uh, you're having a good morning and everything's going well with you, and uh, and I'm happy to be here as always. Proud to be here with you on Wake Up Call with Dance Tour on Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, right here where sports meets life on WakeUpCallDT.com's homepage, and of course directly on MixLR.com/backslash WakeUpCallDT. So. Good morning to all. We have a lot coming up on today's show in just a moment. We're going to have the Monday morning quarterback, which is going to be Marvin Graves, as always. Syracuse quarterback alum played for the team coming out of the late 80s into the early 90s. And I always appreciate having him on the broadcast, taking the moniker of the Monday morning quarterback and actually giving you a Monday morning quarterback who played for Syracuse who can give his thoughts on the Orange and so much more. He'll be on in just a moment. And in the second hour of the show, we'll go on the prowl to speak on the Jacksonville Jaguars and so much more. So let's take a quick step aside here for a fast break. When I come back, I will be joined by Mr. Marvin Graves here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, and we will go from there in the conversation on the Syracuse Bowl eligible orange. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. News is spreading in historic Herald Square about Syracuse's favorite sports and entertainment venue, the Press Room Pub, with lots of room next to 450 parking spots. Wash down their delicious nine ounce burger for $9.95 with a variety of New York State brewed beers. TVs abound all throughout the location, including their 90 inch monster. Watch your game, enjoy time with family, friends, as well as bringing the kids to the playroom. The SU alumni party for every away football game is making headlines, as well as Robert Drummond, Syracuse football alum, and Dan Totora's pregame show two hours before kickoff for every home game. Private parties available as well for as many as 300 people. Come circulate at the Press Room Pub, downtown Syracuse, and visit PressRoomPub.com right now for more information.
Carvel DeWitt. It's what happy tastes like. Do you know why? Because we make ice cream. Creamy, rich, flavorful ice cream. Not yogurt or ice milk like some of our competitors. Ice cream. Fresh, by hand, daily. For the calorie conscious, we have something new for you. Our new Carvelite. Same great flavor, creaminess, and texture of our regular ice cream with only 35 calories an ounce. So whether you want an ice cream cake, flying saucer, dasher, carvalanche, hard or soft ice cream, we will satisfy your craving with our fresh, handmade, regular, or new Carvelite ice cream. Carvel DeWitt. It's what happy tastes like. Clothing that will change with you without you having to change. DrySigLady.com, D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, Lady.com. With the bamboo line, relaxed fit clothing, as well as the athletic fit clothing, DrySigLady.com is fit for any woman, any time of the day, anywhere. Whatever you're doing, whatever your day commands of you, command yourself to feel comfortable in DrySig Lady apparel. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, Lady.com. For all the women out there, feel good in what you're wearing. And don't feel like you have to constantly change throughout the day. Whether you're a stay-at-home mom, a business owner, going for a jog, going for a meeting, or just relaxing at home, DrySigLady.com is the right fit for you. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, Lady.com. This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. Call our home office at 315-752-9513, or better yet, call or text me directly at 315-748-2524. Let me ask you a question, Lawrence. If I needed you to help me buy a house, find the right place, could you help me do that? Joe, I'll help you find your dream home. You don't ever say my name on the radio, never. If I needed to sell a house, could you help me go about that the right way? Yes, yes I can. How do they get a hold of you? Call me directly at 315-748-2524. But you also do the commercial property. So if I got a business, couple businesses, got to take one here, move it over there, do this, do that. Are you going to help me buy and sell my commercial property also? Yes, sir. I like that. I like that. What's my name again? I have no idea. Absolutely. But they need to know your name. So give it one more time. This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. My phone number is 315-748-2524. Why don't you tell him your name one more time and that number so we can jot it down. This is Lawrence Papaleo. Call me or text me directly at 315-748-2524. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. DT, proud to be here with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Thank you for being patient with us over the last couple weeks as I had lost my voice and slowly but surely gained it back. And it, well, I shouldn't say I lost it. It never went completely out, but it has definitely been a, uh, a challenge. And so I thank you. You know, to everybody that, uh, that makes fun of Mariah Carey or everybody out there that say you can't, you can't hurt your vocal cords, you can't. You can't strain your vocal cords and whatnot. You can. You could definitely uh, do that. And and as uh, as my buddy Evan says, and I've said it before here on the show, he said, listen, man, your voice is your moneymaker, so make sure you take care of that voice. And so I'm happy to be here with you. I'm happy that the voice is coming back. And uh, I'm always happy to have this other voice on the other side of things here with me right now, and that is Marvin Graves. He's our Monday morning quarterback taking that theme, that mantra, and turning it into reality with having Marvin Graves here on the show to speak with uh, with me and with you about this Syracuse Orange team, and you know it's it's great, and and I'm just I'm just gonna put it out there, Marvin. I'm just I'm just gonna say it that Syracuse has struggled over the last few seasons, but this season's the first season we decided to do this segment, and now they're bowl eligible, so. Maybe, just maybe, we had something to do with it. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. And um, I just think we're seeing um, uh, Dino Babers and, you know, his coaching staff. I think we're just seeing his vision of where the program could be um, starting to come into fruition. So, um, you know, whatever, whatever – you know, can pass on some good luck to the Orange, you know, I'm for it. 
And when you look at this this Syracuse team, you know, this season, and, and I love that Dino said this because I feel the exact same way, and I definitely was was snake eyes with him on this one, is is when he said, you know, listen, we, we look at it like we have two seasons. We have our first six games and our second six, and you and I spoke, spoke about, you know, the the break in between having that bye week, literally having six bye week and then another six. They were four and two in their first season, so to speak, this year. And they've moved forward to be two and oh in, in this part of it. Just what you can say about, you know, how this team has bounced back from adversity and bounced back from losing two to winning two in a row. I, I just think it shows you know, the team's resiliency, I think um, it shows that they did get to work um, during the bye week. They they took some time off, but, you know, they did get to work. Um, you come out of the bye and you play, you know, a tough North Carolina team and um, you beat them and then, you know, you come around and, and play a North Carolina State team that, um, you know, that sent, you know, I know eight defensive players to the NFL last year, so you're not talking about a slouch program. And, um, you know, to, to, to play on the national stage and to play at home, the Dome's rocking. Um, you know, I kind of got that old feel, you know, back when, you know, I was there and, and Donovan McNabb was there. It kind of felt like that again. So I, I think these guys are, are, are really um, working hard. I think um, there's been a... Um, a, a culture of uh, competitiveness going on when you, you, you still can throw your backup quarterback in there for a series and, you know, he come in, that kid can be playing somewhere else. And, um, you know, when you have a team like that where, you know, you got to get better, and but you, you're creating competition where guys can't get comfortable, um, I, I just think it's um, – you got to take your hat off to the coaching staff, coaching staff at this point in the season because they're doing a great job. And when we look at this coaching staff, you know, I, I I've brought it up before that if Syracuse wants to continue to grow and continue to blossom, there has to be con- some consistency, and that consistency obviously comes from having a strong coach and locking up that coach. So you know, where do you stand on on the Dino? factor and you know how much do you put on him because I did have a lot of fans after the game say pay the man pay the man hey we got to pay the man hey you got to pay the you know I mean there's it was very clear that that there are some people out there that want nothing but uh, for Syracuse to make sure that they lock up Dino for a long time where do you stand on that I mean I think we should I think you know um if you just look at his track record um, you have to think the ceiling is high. So, you know, why would you want to go out and bring in another coach when, you know, this guy's getting it done? Um, he's going to continue to bring in good recruits. He's going to continue to uh, build his culture around there, and it seems to be working. You know, we're sitting at 6-2, and two, and, um, you know, the two games we lost, you know, tough losses on the road, and, you know, I, I think you should go ahead and lock him up. I think that he's the guy for the job right now. Um, he, he hasn't shown that he's going to come here just to build his resume and move on. He's actually come to Syracuse and has started to build a winning culture. And, you know, the guys are playing hard out there on the field. I mean, let's, let's, let's just give the guy, you know, a chance to, you know, put, put the money aside, go ahead and lock him up and, you know, let the guy go ahead and continue to build the program because nothing's built overnight. I think, us as Syracuse fans and alumni were spoiled because, you know, we're just used to winning. Um, but I think, you know, right now, with the parity in college football, um, I think you have to see that, you know, we can compete with almost anybody. So, yeah, I, I say, you know, go ahead and pay the man and let's get that out the way and, you know, let's continue to bring in, you know, the players that he wants want help bring in and, um, you know, put the put the cues back on the map like we should be. We're we're on the map, but um, you know, we want to we want to be in a situation where you know teams are circling circling the game on on the schedule to play against us. So I think that's the direction we're going. Um, you see a lot of talent across the field. There's still a lot of work to do, but um, 
you know, I, I, I wouldn't, if I was in a position to, uh, you know, stop those questions from happening, I would go ahead and lock Dino up. He's an he's a excellent coach. Um, you see how the players respond to him. You see how he um, interacts with his players. He's out there, you know, he, he did two uh, chest bumps, and I was hoping that, you know, he didn't blow his Achilles out, but he's still <laughs> athletic. So <laughs> um, he's, he's doing a great job, man, and I think, you know, He's the guy, and we need to we need to go ahead and solidify that as soon as possible. And you know, what do you like about Dino the most? What are the things that kind of stick out the most? I mean, obviously the wins are great, and people are happy that there's victories coming. But what do you like about about Dino as a head coach, and kind of where things stand right now? What stands out to you, and 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 what's you know what's kind of that Dino factor in your opinion that makes you want to lock him up? <laughs> Well, I think I think um, you know the the coaching experience that I've had. Um, it's it's not about where you played or all the places that you coached. It's it's about the here and now. And I think what I like about Dino is I think that he can coach. I think that he put coaches on his staff that can coach. Um, not only uh, show it on film, you got to coach it up. Then you got to go out there and practice it. And I think you see the guys playing for him. You know, I think you see guys playing. When you got guys that that's going to go out there and play, play confidently, that tells me that they're prepared. And, um, you know, I just think he can coach. I think there's a lot of coaches out here coaching. That doesn't necessarily mean that they can coach because it's not about, um, you know, what you know or your experiences. It's, it's, what, it's what you know your experience is that you can relay and teach these young men to actually go out in between the white lines and execute it. So I think that he is an excellent coach. I think he's an excellent teacher, and I think he's a he's a hell of a motivator. And I think his demeanor um, bodes well. You know, a lot of coaches scream and yell and this and that, but he's cool as a fan on the sideline, and that trickles down to the team. So. You know, we've been in tough situations, tough games this year, and, um, you know, I've never seen the Orange just totally fall apart. And I think that that says a lot about, you know, the head man and and the culture that he's building around there. So um, I just think the fact that he can coach, and I think that that means, you know, managing everything from the coaching staff to the players to the water boy, water girl, um, and, and it just looks like a togetherness um, when you watch Syracuse on TV. So um, that's that's to me, he he he's the boss, and I think that's his number one attribute is that you know he's the boss, he's the coach, he knows how to delegate and put people in the right place to be successful. So, um, like I said, there's a lot of people out here coaching that um, are not doing as good as well as Dino is. That coming from Marvin Graves, our Monday morning quarterback who played for Syracuse not too long ago. And the last time the team started 4-0, he was their quarterback back in 1991. We're here this morning speaking on the 6-2 and bowl eligible orange. And, and obviously just now speaking on Dino Babers, you, you talked about being inspirational. Just, you know, his, his speeches. Now, we don't get to see everything in the locker room. That locker room is closed. That locker room is, is, is private. But what can you say about what we do get to see and, you know, what we have what we have gotten from this, you know, what we have, uh, you know, seen on film and heard from Dino about the type of motivator he is? Because you've seen the video, so many people have. What have been your takeaways from how he addresses the team and just, you know, his personality when he is speaking with this squad after a game? I mean, it's great. You know, he, he, again, different coaches have, you know, different styles. The, the question is, can you get your message across? Can you get, can you get people to follow you? And I think you have that. I think, you know, he has this quiet, uh, quiet competitiveness about him that he doesn't feel like he has to yell. He doesn't feel like he, uh, has to scream and, and curse and things like that. And I don't know all that what goes on in the locker room, but, from what I see, um, he has the perfect demeanor uh, to be the head guy. And, again, I just think, you know, you give somebody time to 
to to see you want to see their vision okay year one year two you know college football is like a win now type of deal and i just think that you see that he's producing the guys are producing on the field the wins are are mounting so um it's not an easy thing to do you know it's really not an easy thing to do um i've been an assistant coach and i watch you know, head coaches and the things that they have to deal with before they even step on the football field. So, you know, it's a lot to manage, and that's why I call him the boss. You know, he he has a lot to deal with. It's a Division One program. You know, it's a, it's, it's a city that is used to winning um, in multiple sports, and I think he's handled the pressure well. So, um, you know, I, I think we got to, you know, stay behind this guy. You know, like we said earlier, I think the way you show um, – your appreciation is, you know, to go ahead and get this man the, the, the money that, you know, he wants. I don't know what that number is, um, but I, I feel like you have to go ahead and lock him up so that we can focus on recruiting and continuing to get, you know, the best players on the field up in Syracuse. When we look at speaking on recruiting and getting the best players on the field in Syracuse, the receiving core, you know, a lot of young guys that are at Syracuse right now in the receiving core, you know, uh, the conversation was, what will Syracuse do without Steve Ishmael? What will they do without Irv Phillips? What will they do without Amba Adetawo and, and, and so on and so forth? But as we look at this team right now and we look at what they have at the receiver position, Devin C. Butler is a junior on the team. Sean Riley is a junior. Russell Thompson Bishop is a redshirt freshman. Anthony Queeley is a true freshman. Jamal Custis, a redshirt senior, so he'll be heading out. But then you have Ed Hendrick, Ed Hendricks, who is a true freshman. Sherrod Johnson, a redshirt freshman. Cooper Lutz, who's a true freshman. Taj Harris, who's a true freshman. Cameron Jordan, who's a redshirt freshman. Nikeem Johnson, who's a sophomore. Kevin Johnson Jr., who's a true freshman. So, you know, you look at and Tristan Jackson, who transferred from Michigan State, who will have a couple seasons but can't play the season. So we're looking at a ton of freshmen and not a lot of guys that are moving forward. The only guy that's, that, that would move forward is Jamal Custis as a redshirt senior. So a, a few junior, a couple juniors, and then all freshmen here are redshirt freshmen. Just what you could say about that, because Nikeem Johnson, who's made big plays, and Taj Harris – who's made big plays, and Sean Riley. All these guys have more time out there, and, and and there's obviously a lot of youth that hasn't even seen the field yet. So just what you think about the future in orange when it comes to the receiving core and the weapons that are out there. Oh, I think it's the future is, is bright. Um, if, if I'm a freshman or, you know, a guy, young sophomore, redshirt freshman sitting on the sideline, maybe, you know, not getting as many opportunities. But I see, um, you know, the guys out there making plays across the board. It's not like it's just one guy, you know. Uh, you got guys across the board that's making plays, and I will be biting at the top to to get my opportunity to play and, and take, take the program to the next level. Um, also seeing, you know, the freshman quarterback come in several times um, and actually play. So if I'm if I'm sitting there and if I'm a high school guy and I'm a guy that's sitting on the bench, I'm like, wow, you know, I really don't have to wait until my junior or senior year to play. You know, this guy will play me if I can produce. And I think that's a great situation to have. Again, it takes time. You know, you take over a job like that and, you know, it takes time for you to actually get your guys there. Um, so this is this is coach coach's fourth year. Am I correct? Uh, this is his third one. Yeah. Third year. So you, you talk about three years, and this is this is what coaches usually get about three years. Okay, show me what you can do, and I think you can see where the program is going. Because honestly, how many people really would have believed that we would be six and two, possibly almost eight and zero? You know, so. Um, it takes it takes time for you to get out there and, and recruit and and promote the the campus and um, promote you know just the Syracuse whole program. Um, it, it's not easy sometimes to recruit, especially some of the warmer states coming up there to play in the cold. Um, but you know we do have the dome, we do have you know great fans, we do have a rich tradition. And if if, if any of these young guys really go back and look at the tradition, 
the tradition. You had a guy that's a Hall of Famer, Marvin Harrison, sitting on the bench when he could have easily been playing somewhere else. But he was behind guys that could play like Quadre Ishmael, uh, Shelby Hill, uh, Antonio Johnson. The list just goes on and on. Rob Moore, Rob Carpenter, you know, Chris Gedney. You know, so um, I think it's a great situation. Um and I think, you know, this third year, get a guy three more years and let's see, you know, where we are uh, in year three. And I think we could be competing not only for ACC championship, but for a national championship. So you believe that, that this is is trending upward, and you just mentioned national championship, and I know that some people here in Syracuse and in central upstate New York just fell out of their chair. Do you really believe that this Syracuse team with Dino could vie for something big in the ACC and something big nationally? And if you do, what makes you believe that? I believe it comes down, it really comes down to recruiting. Now, one thing that I believe now after, you know, three years is I believe he can coach. And um, with that, and it's, it's, it's nothing against the players that we have right now, but if you look across the country and the teams that are competing for national championships, it comes down to players. You know, it comes down to players. So, um, again, if I'm if I'm a high school coach, I mean, if I'm a high school coach, if I'm a high school, you know, mom or dad, if I'm a high school player, and you know, I'm looking at programs, and yeah, I may not want to go to the big programs. I may want to play against some of the big programs and and, and help take a program over that next hump to be one of the top programs. So, you know, it comes down to recruiting. And I think, you know, with the rest of the season left, you know, a lot of wins that possibly um, – it, it, it opens eyes. It opens eyes and it comes down to players. So, um, you know, to be honest with you, I kind of equate Alabama to a uh, high school program here uh, like the Massa you know, where you got a bunch of players going there because it's Alabama, and they'll sit on the bench and they'll wait. Well, if some of those players decide to not go to Alabama, if some of those players decide to go to other programs, you get five, six, ten more players like that over the next um, two to three years, you know. Now now you're talking about, you know, competing a little even more. So, um, I really, I really see it going in the right direction, and I feel like why not us? You know, why can't we play for a national championship? Um, because it's been a long time, so uh, the tables will turn, and I feel like you know why shouldn't we be in position? And as this team moves forward, and and like you said, why not us? A very and you brought up what what a lot of people have spoken about as well is this team is six and two, but they very well could be eight and zero. Oh. And on top of all of that, the two games that they lost, you know, going off of that that theme that they could be eight and zero, oh, they weren't out of any of these games. Played all the way up into you know the last moments in Death Valley with a chance, and then in overtime against Pittsburgh at Pittsburgh. This team has not been blown out, not been embarrassed. What does it say about the culture and the environment? Because Syracuse struggles to win on the road historically, you know, in these in these in these last few years that we've been watching, you know, under Greg Robinson and under Doug Marone and under Scott Schaefer and under Dino Babers. But this year, even though they lost those two games on the road, they didn't get embarrassed. They didn't get completely annihilated. They were in these games. So to go a little bit deeper into that, that they struggle on the road, yet they are making some improvements. And it's not, you know, just a, a rose-colored glasses fan saying, hey, they could be 8-0. It's the reality of the fact that at the end of the game, Syracuse still had a chance in the two losses that they've had. Absolutely. I mean, it just says that, and I think I said it before, winning is something that it's a it's a process you know you just don't start a team and then okay we're national champs you know it took Alabama a while to get to where they were and that came from you know coaching and recruiting um I I just believe that I'm sorry uh a truck just rolled by I I just believe that I just believe that it takes time and winning is something that is built through recruiting, through practicing, um, 
through wins, through tough losses. Um, so those guys that the games that we actually lost on the road, we were actually winning by at least two touchdowns. So um, learning how to win takes time, and I think you know losing is never it never feels good. But I think those two losses that we had just before the bye helped us win the last two football games because these kids never give up. The coaching staff never hangs their head. You never see, you know, guys getting down. So they believe. And I think winning is is, is, is all of that. If you believe when you step on the field and you can compete with anybody no matter who they are, you know, that 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 bodes well for you. You know, there's a lot of times I remember back, you know, when I was playing in the 90s, the Hurricanes, the Hurricanes were up 10, 14 points before the ball was kicked off because people were intimidated. Syracuse is not intimidated, so that's a great formula for for success and for eventually the ball bouncing your way, and I think that's what we've seen the last couple of weeks. And speaking here with Marvin Graves, our Monday morning quarterback, speaking on Syracuse at 6 and two and bowl eligible. Let's let's go to that. And last time Syracuse was bowl eligible was five years ago in 2013. Syracuse went through a string of bowl games from 2010 to 2013, where they went to three bowl games and they won all three. The new era pin the, the pinstripe bowl in 2010 and 2012, and the Texas Bowl in 2013. So it hasn't been forever. But outside of those moments, it feels like forever for the Syracuse Orange of getting to the postseason. You're a fan of the Orange. You're a, a former player. You will always be a part of the brotherhood. Bring me into the moment that the clock struck zero and you knew that Syracuse was going to a bowl game somewhere this season. Well, it's a, it's a, great, it's a great thing because, you know, the kids get another chance to play. Um, you have a gap in between um, the last game of the season, and it gives everyone, uh, including the fans, uh, one more chance to, to go out there and play, whether it's, um, you know, a December bowl game or a January bowl game. And the one thing about Syracuse is that we travel well. The country knows that our fans travel well no matter where the game is. You know, I remember playing my freshman year in Hawaii, and – we had fans there, you know, and, you know, Syracuse fans are amazing. And I'm not saying that to get any brownie points. It just is what it is. You know, we have we have some of the best fans in college football um, that travel with the team. And, you know, the guys see that. You know, when you know you're going to play in the bowl game and you know you're going to, you know, if you score, you're not going to hear like 10, 10 people clapping. You know, we travel very well. And, um, you know, for the players, you know, even guys that um, maybe, you know, seniors or juniors, it's another opportunity to get on film if you're able to go to the next level or go to the CFL. Um, so, um, and it's, it's another way to to get the new year started. Uh, whether, like I said, whether it's at the end of the year, a December bowl game or a January bowl game, you get one more chance to get a win and build your program. And it's another great tool for recruiting because bowl season, you know, you're, you're usually playing on TV and, and, and young people get a chance to see, you know, what you're all about. And when you see, when you have that bowl game, knowing that, you know, not only is it, you know, for the fans exciting because they're going to have another game, there's they're going to be a postseason and fans of any sport, of any team anywhere, obviously love getting out of the regular season and moving forward to the postseason, but for the school, it's more money. For the school, it's more practices. It's more eyes on the team. There's a lot of benefits, and, and you can speak to this from experience. There's a lot of benefits that come from having a bowl game that go beyond, okay, well, you're in the postseason. It's it's the money. It's the exposure. It's the time. It's the building toward next year. It's the getting ready you know, getting the team ready and getting the players ready and getting the future ready. So just to speak to that and just how important, you know, that is and, and just what that can do for a team. Oh, it's, it's, it's huge, you know, in the grand scheme of things. You know, it, it, it's all about recruiting, you know. Sometimes sports can even get your non-student athletes uh, to apply to a school. Some people um, – they may have played sports in high school or, you know, didn't play sports in high school, but they love being around it. 
you know, when I was in high school, we had a lot of people coming to our high school that didn't play uh, play sports, but they were part of, you know, the pep rally. They were they were a part of it. They wanted to be a part of the winning tradition. And, you know, a bowl game just says that you're putting in the work, that out of all the schools, the Division One schools in the country, you were selected to play in this extra bowl game. So um, it is about, you know, money. The, the, the school gets a certain amount of money that goes to, um, I believe, the athletic program, the exposure to the university. Again, not just for student athletes, but, you know, just for, just for students. So, um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's about winning. Winning, um, winning is your best, I guess, marketing strategy, uh, your best mouthpiece to expose your university, to expose your programs. You know, you may even get, you know, someone that plays basketball or lacrosse or field hockey that say, oh, they got a good football program. Let me take a look in to, you know, this, this other sports and these other programs. So it's not just about football. It's about exposing the entire university um, to the country. Um, like I said, whether it's in December or whether it's in January, it's the holidays, people are home, kids are home. And, um, you know, it's just a win-win for, for, the, for the entire university, not just the football program. Staying the course and staying focused, speaking here with Marvin Graves. As a former player, what would be your advice to the team in staying the course and staying focused, knowing that they are 6-2? And, and I spoke with the guys about it, and you'll hear this week from Taj Harris. You'll also hear from Jarvion Howard. But, you know, how difficult is it once you achieve that, once you know, hey, no matter what, we're going to a bowl game, how difficult is it to stay focused from there? I don't, I don't think um, the situation that the Q's is in, and I feel like even when I was playing, okay, we became bowl eligible, but I feel like that's what they set out to do um, in the beginning of the year. You set goals uh, for your team. So I just think that's one of the goals along the way that was set by the team, but they, they have to understand that they haven't accomplished anything yet. Um, there's still a lot of football to play, and – I feel like at this point, uh, now we should be shooting for that January bowl game. And the only way you can do that is to stay focused, to stay the course, um, you know, to keep putting the work in and, con and continue to look at the film and see, you know, where you can get better, continue to study your opponent as much as you can and, and, and just keep putting the work in. Um, complacent teams fall off. You know, this time of year, towards the end of the year, and I don't, I don't really see this team getting complacent. So, just keep going to work like you've been doing. Um, continue to learn from your mistakes, and continue to understand that the game can go a lot of different ways. But if we keep fighting and we stick together, and we keep believing that um, you know we can win some ball games, so I think the only focus right now should be uh, this week coming up. That coming from Marvin Graves here on Wake Up Call with Dan Satora, our Monday morning quarterback. Marvin, you know, th this moment, 40,000-plus in the Dome. They give announced attendance every game, and sometimes they kind of look around the Dome and go, eh. But this time around, it looked like, you know, the Dome was relatively pretty packed, pretty crowded, and it seems that, you know, having these, having these night games – are uh, are obviously a big and 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 special you know opportunity and you know hopefully Syracuse can have more of these because it felt more like football season and it felt more like a football team and more like reality and 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 more like maybe some of the other places that I've been to where they get to prep and enjoy this all the way through so you know for for me I can honestly say that you know seeing the fans come out and seeing how Electric it was, uh, obviously plays a big part and is very special. What can you say to the fans, and, and what do you want the fans to know about moving forward? Because the fans are essential, but you know it's it's obviously been a, uh, a, a tough relationship between the fans and the team in the recent history. I mean, the fans are a, a, a very crucial part, especially when you're playing at home. Um you know, to be honest with you, it, it breaks my heart if I'm watching the game on TV and the and the TV camera, you know, scans the other side of the field and I see, you know, stands at the top, 
you know, empty. You know, I, I'm like, these guys put in a lot of work. It may not be exactly what you want. And then the other side of it is, you know, I don't know um, if, if people, you know, financially don't have the money or whatever the case may be. But I, I believe that that dome should be filled every single weekend. You know, hell, you can go into the community. You can go to boys' clubs. If you got to give tickets away, you know, fill that dome up because the players feed off of it. It's intimidating when a team come in there and they can't hear. So it needs to be at capacity every single week. Don't just jump on the bandwagon when we're winning, you know, which is obviously a thing that happens because if you're the talk of the town, then people just want to be there, whether they're football fans or not. But – you know, that, those, those things should be filled every week. You know, I understand everyone doesn't have, you know, the financial means to do that, especially if you have multiple kids and things like that. But I put the challenge to the Syracuse um, University to, to go into the community, you know, to give, you know, students and young kids and young football players, give them the whole damn top section if that's what needs to be done. But there's no reason why with the only indoor facility in the country, when we step on TV, that, that that dome should not be filled. So I challenge the Syracuse University, the football coaches, the staff, the basketball coaches, everyone, the, the AD, to, to go into the community and give some of those tickets away, you know, whether it's for, you know, academic prowess or, um, you know, great community service. You know, we need to, we need to give, the, give them away to some of the teachers or give them away to – you know, give some of those tickets away, man. Give them away so we can fill that dome up because the players need it. And it, it really does help when, when they're in there and they're packed and they're loud. And it's really intimidating when an opposing team comes into the dome and it's packed. So um, I'm, I'm very passionate about that. We do have great fans. Um, but as a university, um, we, we, can't, we can't not have the dome packed. You know, if it means giving something away, hell, I know we make enough money. Uh, Syracuse makes a ton of money. So if you got to go give those tickets away, give them away. That coming from Marvin Graves, and, and I can't disagree with you on that. You know, I think you got to pack the dome. you got to get people there. You have to make it rocking. You have to make it an exciting atmosphere and a difficult atmosphere to play. And it is a totally different world when it is busy, and, and it is a totally different uh, it, the whole feel of everything is is substantially increased when that dome is packed. Not just because it's like any other game where there's fans that are there and they're loud, but the fact that we are in a closed environment and just how loud that can be. Marvin, uh, before I let you go, just uh, some quick thoughts here and some uh, quick advice to Syracuse on the road. They have struggled not just this year, but in general in winning on the road. So what would be your advice to them on on what they what they need to focus on when they're away from home? When when they are, you know, not not by familiar territory, what would be your word of advice for them? My word of advice is to start fast number one, which I think we have done. Um but, you know, we, we have to stay consistent. We we have to you know, stay together on the road. We have to stay focused. Uh, once we get teams down, they're going to make runs. But we have we have to weather that storm, um, which we haven't done in the two close games on the road. We have to learn to weather that storm and put our foot on teams' necks. Um, when you're up 14, you know, you got to get it to, to 21 prefer- preferably. Uh, but you got to continue to score points. When you're on the road, you got to take the crowd out of the game. Um, once a, once a team makes a run, if they're at home, they're going to get that energy from their fans. You have to be able to take the fans out the game and break the other team's will. Um, and, and to be honest with you, I, as much as I love playing at home in the, in the dome, we used to love going on the road, playing on the road in tough environments because we wanted to set your fans up. And I think we have that mentality. Again, it takes sometimes it takes a couple of close losses to actually learn that. So I'm thinking that moving forward, 
those two losses against Clemson and, and Pitt will help us going down the road that these guys will learn how to finish the game. And that's pretty much it. Just just staying focused and learning how to finish opponents off on the road. Um, and I think we're right there on the cusp of, cusp of it. That coming from Marvin Graves, Syracuse Orange quarterback in their history, and a phenomenal, phenomenal time as always when we're here on the broadcast. The team is six and two, and they are ranked. Then this is the final note that I want to make with you, Marvin, this morning. They are ranked for the first time in seventeen years. The last time they were ranked was two thousand and one. We go all the way back to Paul Pascaloni times, and wow. now the team is ranked. 22 in the Associated Press poll and 24 in the Coaches poll. Thoughts on Syracuse almost two decades away from the national rankings. And now when you wake up this morning and you go and check them, there is an orange S in the top 25. Thoughts on that? Oh, man. It's got to be a great feeling for the team that, you know, the work that they've been putting in – the country is seeing it, you know, being 22nd in the nation is not a 22nd or 24. Being in the top 25 is not a small order. It shouldn't be taken lightly. And, um, it's a proud moment to be back in, in the top 25. And again, you know, Dano Babers as the head coach, um, I think you got to take a look at him and, and really lock this guy up because, the arrow is pointing up for this program. Now, how far we'll move up all depends on, you know, the people in that locker room. But at this point right now, uh, at 6-2, and two, you know, I, I think, you know, everyone has to feel really good about it. And, and to know that we're not even all the way there yet. We're not even all the way there yet. And there's a lot of football to be played. I think it's a great, great moment. I think you know, the team and, and, and the community should be proud, but understanding at the same time there's still a lot to, a lot of work to be done because if we can move up to 22, uh, a lot of football things and a lot of strange things happen throughout the course of, of the year. You know, let's see if we can crack the teams now. Let's see if we can, you know, crack that top 15. And that could happen. You know, who knows? A lot of teams could lose this weekend and we can move up. So um, it's a great moment. Um, again, it's a, a great recruiting tool, you know, for kids looking down the top 25. Oh, Syracuse, you know, you, 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 it's just a great moment. And I, I think, you know, that the team should be proud. Um, I think the coaching, coaching staff should feel good. And I think it's more of a reason to go back to put in some more hard work to see that the country is recognizing you as a top 25 program. Yeah, and this team, you know, in the top 25 right now is is huge, and the record of six and two, obviously, extremely substantial, and uh, along with a lot of teams that are very well respected around the country with the type of record uh, that six and two looks uh, looks very very nice, and there's a lot of teams out there that hold that same record. So Syracuse moving forward, they have you know obviously a lot of talent, and Dungey and Devito continue to push one another and we have plenty to talk about coming from here so with that being said Marvin thank you so much for everything and uh, thank you for being a part of the show always appreciate it every Monday I know the fans do as well and I'm happy that this Monday we could say Syracuse is six and two Syracuse is bowl eligible and Syracuse is ranked in the top 25 pretty amazing Monday October 29th if you ask me oh it's a great it's a great Monday and I uh I appreciate being on the show as well, and, um, you know, to the Orange fans and the Orange Nation, you know, we, we're getting our swagger back, so let's stick behind these guys, let's say positive things, and, um, you know, let's look forward to this weekend and just take it one week at a time, and, you know, we'll do it again next week after a victory. That coming from Marvin Graves. Marvin, as always, I appreciate you, man. I thank you for being a part of the broadcast, and I look forward to talking with you soon. Thank you, Dan. Have a great week. All right, you too. That coming from Marvin Graves, and uh, always, always uh, appreciate having Marvin here on the broadcast here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Let's take a quick step aside this morning. 
and we will be back in just a moment to go on the prowl and speak on the Jacksonville Jaguars. So two different te- two teams going in two different directions. The Jaguars are falling off the wagon, and the Syracuse Orange are finding what it takes to get back on the wagon. It's all coming up next. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. This is Jimmer Sikowski, owner-operator of Chick-fil-A Cicero, 7916 Brewerton Road in Cicero, right in front of the Home Depot. I had a deep feeling that God wanted me to do something bigger with my life and to help people, help others. I kept putting Chick-fil-A in my life, and I realized as I was going through the franchise selection process that uh, positively impacting the lives of others was really core to what we do here at Chick-fil-A. First of all, it starts with the food. The food is brought in fresh daily you know we bring in local produce we prepare to order in the kitchen we hand bread our chicken we hand spin our milkshakes it's it's great food it doesn't taste like fast food i I think the second thing is is the way people feel when they come in a chick-fil-a restaurant it's different we we try to treat people with intentional kindness here which is very different and deeper than good customer service and so i think it feels remarkable for most people to come in a Chick-fil-A restaurant. And then lastly, the impact that we try to have in the community is very different. It's a big part of the expectation of every operator of a Chick-fil-A restaurant is that they're actively engaged in their community, they're a leader in the community, and they're, they're making a difference. When they realize that what we're striving to do is to shine a little light in their life, that's a very, very different experience uh, than you will have in any other quick service restaurant. And it's that remarkable experience that I think people will emotionally connect with. I'm George Townsend of Honda City with some good advice from buying a new car. The true cost of owning a new car is determined by the appraised value when you trade it. No vehicle appraises higher than a Honda. Next, look for low APRs and deep discounts. You also want low maintenance costs and great fuel economy. That's why my advice to you is to buy a new Honda. Looking pre-owned, visit our Honda Certified Used Car Center. Honda City, 7140 Henry Clay Boulevard, Liverpool, or hondacity-cny.com. It would be a pity if you don't shop. For all of us that have always wanted our favorite restaurant to come to us, it's now a reality in Central New York with It's a Utica Thing. With Utica Pizza Company bringing their wonderful recipes that they've handed down through generations to you, to your event, to your business, to your home. It's a Utica Thing. Proudly bringing Utica Pizza Company on wheels to your location. Call 315-738-8946. That's 315-738-8946 to bring Utica Pizza Company to your doorstep with It's a Utica Thing. Thank you so much for tuning in to this portion of Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. Make sure you stick around for On the Prowl and NFL coverage in the second part of this episode right here where sports meets life on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora's archive, wakeupcalldt.podbean.com.